I have my pre-care notes open, which I have addended my Glee notes to the bottom of. I have my Glee fanfic <laughs> open, which is the wrong Glee document to open. I mean, given the way this episode goes, it's not exactly the wrong <laughs> doc to have open. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show, better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me Loser Like Me Hello and welcome to Loser Like Me, a Glee recap and review and recalibration podcast. <laughs> we're we're back in it after two weeks, which is the normal distance between two episodes, as opposed to four months, which is the break between the last episode and today's. Hey, what's your name? You didn't introduce yourself. Oh, I'm Tanner. I'm Christina. Every episode is someone's first, so I gotta say my name every time. <laughs> That's true. And, and this episode is also someone's first, because we have a guest today. We do! Is that is that my cue? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> Hi, I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> and my pronouns are she and they. Have I ever said my pronouns on this thing? Uh, you said them a while ago, but I think you kind of stopped around, like, episode seven or eight. Okay, uh, if, in, in the event that you've been living in a cave or just got out of prison, my pronouns <laughs> are they and them. And mine are she and her. <laughs> and this is the episode that, the first episode that aired uh, after Glee got real popular, and so yeah. everyone was like, hey, you better be watching this, we're gonna nag you if you don't. Yeah, this was like the first episode that maybe they even wrote after getting their renewal order for the full season of episodes. For their three full season renewal order. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of it being a first episode, this is my first episode ever. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, I... <laughs> wow. So I asked Cassidy, what is your experience with Glee, the show, or the extracurricular? But I feel like I know the answer. Uh, the answer is none until now. Well, welcome. I guess. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's because it's the theme. Oh, yeah. In case, you oh, could, yeah. in case it didn't get battered into everyone's skulls enough when we were watching the episode that this theme is hello, and also get to know yourself. <laughs> yeah, so this episode, uh, episode 114, Hello, uh, directed by Brad Falchuk and written by Ian Brennan, so it's his fault. Uh, yes. It aired on April 13th, 2010, Homestuck Day. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> okay. On Archive of Our Own, there's like a 30-chapter Glee Homestuck crossover uh, supermarket shopping mall AU. Huh. Huh. Anyways, Cassidy, the reason I specifically chose this episode for you is because I was pretty sure you had no experience, and this episode is kind of sort of designed as like a jumping-in point for all the people who hadn't watched it the first time around. How yeah. did that work out for you? Well, they did the recap, but the recap was too fast for me to learn anyone's name. I have it written down. Would you like me to read it, Cassidy? Uh, you may if you like. Okay. 
And if and if it doesn't work, then we can then by we by by which I mean I, mean, I, I Tanner I've learned most of the this. names. I think. Oh, okay, okay. Or at least the ones that are important to this episode. Okay, yeah. It's in that case that we probably don't really need to go into the recap because it's pretty much just hey, here's everything that you missed in the. Well, not everything. Here's the most important and relevant pieces of information from the first 13 episodes of Glee. Not mentioned- A full miniseries worth of plot points. Yeah. I I found it interesting that they- (laughs) There's several people who they really didn't discuss at all. Like, they didn't discuss um, Bert Hummel or Kurt, who is Ryan Murphy's self-insert in Glee. (laughs) They didn't discuss- you know, any member of the Glee Club besides Rachel, Puck, Finn, and Quinn. And there's just a lot that they left out, which I feel was a disservice to Glee in general. But if you're curious what happened, just go back and listen to our first 13 episodes. You'll figure it out. (laughs) Yes. Binge us. Oh, geez. Y'all ready to jump in on this? Uh, I think so. Yeah, let's do it. I'm strapped in. Okay. (laughs) I don't have a seatbelt, but I'm also ready to go. It starts with an instrumental of Don't Rain on My Parade, which is what Rachel's saying in the previous episode to win their sectionals trophy. And she's super excited, and so is Mercedes and Kurt. Kurt declares them all to be glitterati, and he feels like Lady Gaga. So if you didn't know he was gay, there you go. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, now that we've won one sectionals competition, we're super popular, right? And then they immediately get a slushy facial. Yes. So my, sorry, you go first, Cassidy. So I did not realize that that was supposed to be slushy. All I saw was like, okay, it's liquid enough to be splashed on someone, but it's way too viscous to be Gatorade. <laughs> and I was just sitting there racking my brain trying to figure out what it could have possibly been. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that you can get like Gatorade slushies at any local gas station across America, so you're not too far off. But it's not like the wet Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, this is like a viscous syrup. Yeah. <laughs> Antifreeze. Jeez. No, that's Slice later. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I'd like to take a moment here to note that um, as Rachel and Kurt and Mercedes are parading down the hallway with self-confidence, there is a moment here where Jacob Ben Israel, the menace, um, Homer Simpson's out of the crowd and says, I want to be with you, Rachel, and then fades back into the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hate him, and I forgot he was in this until you brought it up, so I'm glad he has that little of an effect on the plot. It's okay, he doesn't show up for the rest of the episode, so we're fine. Yay. And then after that, we cut to, uh, to continue the, tr- the trend of Glee, you're not as cool as you think you are. Yes. We go to the Principal Figgins' office, where Will is being told that they must place his regionals, which is apparently news to him, even though I remember clearly that that was the agreement in the pilot episode. Okay, see, I was gonna ask if that was the deal or not, because I genuinely did not remember, and I didn't have time to look at my notes. From the first episode. You know, back when we recorded it in March? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I feel like maybe in Will's defense here, it's more of like a, hey, we've proven that we're doing good. I know we haven't reached our goal, but maybe, maybe we can get a season renewal before the season one's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I would like to take a moment here to point out that Fagan says, those spotlights in the auditorium don't run on dreams. And I'm like, 
I love that, and I'm I'm considering posting that somewhere in my house. <laughs> He's like, you have to you have to share your ball with Cheerios because they need the auditorium. Because guess who's back? It's Sue, and she's sexually harassing and also blackmailing. And also, uh, and also definitely drugged Figgins. She did Rufy Figgins, but yeah. I, I am pretty confident she did not have sexual relations with Figgins. No, yes. just blackmailing. Just, the, yeah. The theoretical implications of. So Sue has set it up that she, she made it look like she slept with Figgins and she is blackmailing him with that evidence to force him to let her back into the mm-hmm. school. Yeah, and my note here is, Sue got reinstated because the writers wrote themselves into a corner and had to pull a J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Star Wars burn. Oh, okay. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck him. My notes for this scene are just two lines, all caps. Ugh, what the hell, Sue? And, and you roofied him? Yeah. With three question marks. Yeah. Yeah. Although wait, hold up. We didn't re- we didn't get to find out about the roofing thing yet because first we have to have get your head in the game. Oh, it is get your head get you get you get you get your head in the game time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, before you explain anything about this character Finn. Yes. I have to say my immediately my immediate thought is like, man, this guy isn't good at sports, huh? <laughs> no. And then and then he keeps talking. I'm like, man, this guy just kind of sucks, huh? <laughs> See, here, here's the thing. His Finn's best character moments are when he gets to interact with his mom because his mom is a great person and being around her makes Finn better because he loves his mom a lot. And he's then- also he's also a teenage boy with in this episode like actual like confirmed depression. <laughs> so yeah, I would also like to add that Finn's best character moments happen on episodes where there aren't any guests. Yeah. So as far as all of our guests are concerned so far, Finn is, I mean, he is an idiot, but like in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Like he starts to turn around a little bit by the end, I think. But like, it's just that immediate, like, here are the things that we're going to show you about this character on this episode, and they're all bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Finn... They're they're doing a basketball, and Finn and Puck are on the basketball team, and they're not they're not good at it. McKinley's just not good at sports. <laughs> um, although I do like that this is a touch of authenticity because, like in real American high schools, athletes do have to generally play in more than one season of sports to be able to, I guess, qualify for like student athletes under the state athletic rules or something. Yeah, like, I knew a guy who was on four sports teams over the course of one year. Like, at, at my high school, it was that the same kids would be on, like, the... They'd be on, like, the football team, and then they'd go to either volleyball or basketball, or maybe hockey, over the winter. And then in the spring, they'd all be playing probably baseball. I don't remember when boys' volleyball was at my high school. Uh, I grew up in a sports house where my younger brothers played like the three major american sports um so it was always sports all the time you have my condolences cassidy what are the american sports uh the ones that i assume to be the the like signature american sports are football baseball and a basketball okay yeah 
See, I was can I I would have considered switching out like uh basketball for maybe maybe hockey. But mm. hockey is also shared with our with our with our neighbors to the north up in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, and and it, here in Georgia, we they, they well, I'm not in Georgia anymore, but in Georgia they didn't really care for hockey that much. That's why they don't have a hockey team anymore. Yeah. Yeah, the three sports of Canada, I would say, are football, hockey, and curling. Yeah. Oh, wait, so that kid was actually on five teams, because he was also on the curling team. Oh, jeez. <laughs> football, basketball, volleyball, badminton, curling. Hmm. Wow. Swimming, soccer, ballet, oboe, and karate. I feel like that's a lyric from something, and I'm not sure what. <laughs> it's a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Are you serious? <laughs> See, it stuck with me for years. It's like a sock, a mom driving all her kids to their various extracurriculars, and it's like swimming, soccer, ballet, oboe, and one last but not least, karate. Hey! And then it's like America runs on Duncan, so that's how you can get all your kids to swimming, soccer, ballet, oboe, and karate. Oh, okay. So it was still America runs on Duncan. America still did okay. run on Duncan. Okay. Okay. That was I was curious when you brought up Duncan. I was I was gonna ask. Gotcha. Um, Coach Ken runs on Subway. Apparently, he had a a breakdown, and after Emma left him at the altar, or even though he left Emma at the altar, technically, yeah, technically, I I just it's it's that thing where you feel sorry for a character that you really have no reason to feel sympathy or empathy for. I'm mm -hmm. almost certain this is also Coach Ken's last appearance in the series. Yeah, I feel like it is. <laughs> During this scene, also, Finn gets distracted by Rachel, who is cheering for him in the stands with a shirt that says Team Finn on it. And then we get to have a nice little seg into Rachel being an extremely clingy girlfriend. Um, uh, she made Cats 2019 <laughs> calendars nine yeah. years before the movie existed. <laughs> yeah! Mm -hmm. She made them matching relationship calendars. It was just literally, I think it's actually the pictures from the Glee promotional photos. It's those faces photoshopped onto stock images of cats. Uh, I think my my favorite part of this is Finn's quiet excuse of like, but I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> Look, Finn, Finn is, he's not always the best teenager, but he's also just, he's very dumb. I hesitate to call him a himbo because I feel like there's he's too smart to be a himbo. No, he's he's dumb enough to be a himbo. Okay. Does does he have enough respect women juice? He uh, depending on the writer. By the end of the season. Okay, I could believe that. And, like, I think it's hard to also call Finn a himbo because, as the series progresses, there are other characters who will give him a run for his money in the himbo department. Oh, Sam. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, we are, in fact. We, um, are, we are getting seven episodes ahead of ourselves. Um, Finn's not over Quinn, and Finn has, like, a, he has, like, an internal monologue while Rachel is trying to micromanage their dating life. Finn and is just generally horny and confused, which is the most on-point teenage boy thing there is. Yeah. Um, we get to have a lovely little moment of Puck being um, just the absolute shit-worst teenager, because he's like, Quinn, you need to not be so fat. And she's like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, and that's my fault? And I'm just like, I, I don't know if that- I, I've, my, my gut reaction is to call that abuse- Puck is the worst. I can't believe I used to stand him. 
You you literally seen him like four episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, but that was like four months ago in our time. Yeah. Also, like maybe even in Glee time, because I'm gonna bring this up later, probably after we're done. But this show moves incredibly fast. <laughs> yeah. In in general, I feel like one episode of Glee it tends to cover about one week of school because so often the the themes of the episodes are like Will is giving the kids a themed assignment over the course of one week. But the thing is that the episodes aren't all, you know, like episode 15 happens the week after episode 14 kind of a thing. Yeah. Which is oh. why there were probably like four or five weeks between the previous episode which happened in, I'm assuming, probably November or December, and this one, which theoretically happens at the start of a new semester. Yeah, this is supposed to be in, like, January-ish, because the uh, if I go to the Glee spreadsheet, the Glee flowchart, uh, the point that they end <laughs> this season on would normally be happening in March and later seasons, where they don't have to wait four months between mid-season finales. Yeah. The time between episodes was so long that I did see some channels saying, this is the start of Glee's new season. This is season two. Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. I mean, 13 episode seasons are a thing that exists. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. yeah, for sure. But, like, it was renewed. Like, it got the, 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 the back nine extension. And even on the radio, it's like, and it's airing tonight is the second season of Glee. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's really not. <laughs> Don't you guys look at production codes on Wikipedia? <sighs> like I do at age 17? <laughs> Good to know this has been going on for a long time, Tanner. Yeah. Anyways, we get to what could have been the the my favorite part of the episode if it didn't have a slur in it. Oh, are you referring to the part where um Sue cuts a student's ponytail without their consent and then refers to them by a slur that I'm not going to say? Yeah. So Sue cuts a ponytail off, uh, presumably off, a dude, off a, and then calls him a transphobic yeah. slur. And that's terrible, and I hate it. Yeah. And remember, yeah. now, now that we're past the first 13 episodes, trading wheels are off, and I can mm -hmm. say, fuck you, Glee. Oh, believe me, this was just one piece, one grain of rice in the bucket that that is leading up to what will be my worst in the episode. But, like, it, the the... It's It sucks, and just one minor aspect of that is that it ruins what could have been a really funny joke just by tainting that whole scene, because after Sue cuts the ponytail off, she just hands it to a passing Cheerio, and the Cheerio just takes it. And then there's, like, a beat when she's in the background where she looks at it, and then looks at Sue like, what am I supposed to do with this? See, I thought you were going to be referring to the line where she says, I'm going to donate this to, to the victims of Hurricane Katrina so they can plug holes in their houses with it. Oh uh, yeah, that or also something like terrible. that, which is not. It's it's a very very black comedy line, which is weird because this episode wasn't written by Ryan Murphy, <laughs> but it was signed off on by him. Yeah, and then this is the part where we get to hear about how Sue roofied Figgins, and she pretends they had sex, but she's still wearing her tracksuit. <laughs> uh, I will say before we leave that other scene like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that other scene was like incredibly uncomfortable for me. Not yeah. even just as like a trans woman but also like i have hair paranoia and the idea of someone cutting my hair without 
consent is just extremely yeah. upsetting. Oh yeah. Yeah, that 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 was the moment where I was like, maybe we should be pre-screening these before we have people on the show that don't know Glee, because I was like, I have regrets, and so I would like to apologize to you, Cassidy, because yeah. this is a this is a this is an absolutely terrible landing pad to introduce you to Glee with. Yeah, and I like I sent you an apology as soon as I saw that scene while I was watching it, and I just want to reiterate that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, things happen in television shows, especially older television shows, and, like, the thing that really bugs me about it isn't the thing that you would think would bug me about it. So it's it's okay. Yeah. And also, I, I would like to hope that, at least nowadays, Ryan is doing right by the trans people he works with, because Pose is a thing. Presumably, it goes well behind the synthines. I mean, I've heard some things about that. I have not watched the show, but, like, there was a whole thing about when they won an award and stuff like that. I feel like I vaguely heard about that. Uh, because cause Pose, none of the trans actresses got nominated for Emmys this year, but Billy Porter did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not Ryan's fault. That's the Academy's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Or whoever they are, whoever the Emmy people are. Yeah. And then Billy Porter is the one who said... This this nomination for me is a nomination for everyone. To which people said, "No, it's a nomination for you." No, Mister Porter. No. Uh, I I have a line from Sue to drag us out of this hole. Let's. I'm not going to be burying any hatchets unless I get a clear shot to your groin. That's a good line, actually. It is. Um. The the entire summary of that scene is that hey in case in case anyone doesn't remember what happened in the first episode of glee um sue was going to get will fired and destroy the glee club just like in the first episode yeah and then she says i'm going to bring some asian cookery and rub it on your head because right now you've got enough product in your hair to season a walk and i appreciate that line because it managed to not be racist against asians and that's how low the bar is sometimes that hey glee you weren't racist against Asians? Good job! Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, <sighs> Cassidy, when I messaged you that apology, you said, sometimes the things we love are trash, and I neglected to mention that, hey, sometimes I don't love the show. Sometimes, show bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, let's, let's go into a, a mostly good scene. Will draws yes. a stick figure. On, on the board in the choir room and says hello. He's like, hello! <laughs> <laughs> hello. Yes. What do you say when you answer the phone? Hello? H- hello? <laughs> hello? This is this is about a decade before hello. If, if this had happened a decade later, you know they would have been saying hello? 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 Uh, but no, the answers are Mercedes says what up? Artie the white boy says, who dis be? And Kurt says, yes. no, she's dead. This is her son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Will is like, y'all need to come up with a fresh new number for, for regionals that has hello in the title. Yeah. Anyways, I have to go and stare at Emma. <sighs> Cassidy, welcome to the most terrifying framing that happens in Glee, which is the straight on shots of people having a conversation. Did not realize it happened so often until we started this cast. Yeah. Her eyes are really wide in this scene. 
there's like she got they're, directed they're to be that way to. I, I, yeah it's definitely like oh, this is a supposed to be happening but i'm just like wow mm-hmm. you can see all the way around the iris yeah is this a season where emma gets called a bush baby tanner i don't know but she was called bambi earlier mm-hmm and uh, if this had lasted a few seasons longer, I'm sure someone would have made an Alita Battle Angel reference. Ah. <laughs> uh, I do like her dental hygiene case. Yeah, I wrote down what's in it. <laughs> I had to pause Netflix because Will, they're having a talk, which is the first interaction they've had since he, he finally, after 13 episodes, got it through his skull that, hey, I'm interested in Emma. And they had, he surprised her by kissing her at the end of the last episode, which I found mostly charming, except for the whole ask before you kiss someone thing. (laughs) Um, And he's like, I want to kiss you. And Emma's like, but first, let me get my, let me get my pre-kissing cleanup kit. And she says, last time you surprised me like a pearly white harbor. (laughs) So what's in this kit is a toothbrush. Stain removing toothpaste, mouthwash, floss, antiseptic, which I'm assuming is probably like hydrogen peroxide because it's also like an oral debriding agent, um, breath freshening spray, and then a couple other things that I could not identify because the resolution was not super great for some reason. Yeah, and th- this is the episode where Will starts to get it through his head like, ah, yeah, my love interest has like, germophobia and obsessive compulsive stuff going on, so... Mm-hmm. And also, maybe I should actually, like, I don't know, not jump into a, re- into a relationship less than a month after having separated from my wife. <laughs> Will doesn't have enough brain cells to comprehend that much. No, the hairspray got him. I, I, got, I, I did not take very many notes of this scene because I really do just zone out when it's a Will and Emma scene. I don't, I don't care. I don't really care about them. And I don't like Will as a human. Yeah, I... I think that if Will were to get some therapy, I would like him more. I will say, out of context, this episode he seemed pretty fine. Really? This episode he seemed fine? I have no context. That's true. I felt like he would seem pretty bad even just this episode in a vacuum. Like, there's that one part in the middle where I'm like, but also he like manages to walk it back a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Yeah. We'll give Will partial credit. <laughs> you can give him partial credit. I'm still abstaining. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, guess what? Sue wants to destroy the Klee Club. What? <laughs> no way. I would have never guessed. <laughs> she tells the Santana and Brittany. So, so Brittany's the blonde one and Santana is the Latina one. She says that they should be ashamed of them. They should be wetting themselves in shame. She suggests that they commit seppuku, and Brittany replies, "But we were seduced by the glitz and glamour of showbiz." Ugh, Heather Morris. Pretty much all of Brittany's lines are ad libbed. I could believe it. That's a believable statement. Yeah, it's very good. Sue lists a job opening for them by saying, "Hey, if you are able to destroy the Glee Club." By completely ruining Rachel Berry's personal life by seducing Finn, you could be the head cheerio. And on the bulletin board behind Sue, there's a poster that says, Gossip Hurts. 
Which is like, thank you, production team. But that it, because it's in the Cheerios office, that seems aspirational. Yeah! <laughs> hey, we're almost at the first musical number. Hallelujah. Uh, Will and Finn bond over the fact that they are no longer fathers, I guess? Yeah. It's that this, this scene is Finn and Will, who is also kind of his dad. <laughs> like, emotionally his dad. Pretty much just spouting a lot of platitudes at each other. Like, move past the you who made bad choices. Meet yourself. Be okay being you. Be a rock star. Yes. Uh, it's about this time, like a little bit later, after like the first musical number, that I, I come to the question, um, are, are Finn and Will just the main characters? <laughs> they are this season. Because like, I assumed this was a show that had more of like an ensemble cast than what has yeah. been presented to me in this episode. Yeah. It, it is an ensemble and becomes more of an ensemble as a show goes on. But because this is like the first season back and we want to get people interested again, like they're saying, here are the characters you should be invested in. We want you to care about the heterosexual white people. Yeah. It, it is like after this season that the adults stop being relevant because they realize that actually the gay teens sold more. Hmm. You're not wrong, Tanner. So Finn sings Hello by the Doors, or Hello, I Love You. Won't you tell me your name? Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's I do, good. I do like the way it transfers him between scenes. Yeah, it's... It's a little bit, it's, it is partial, it is another partially diegetic glee number because first, like, Finn is singing on the stage in the auditorium with all of the band. Oh, so that's why the band's here. Um, but then he then walks out into the hallway and he, like, follows Quinn and then Puck as he's like, Puck, you'll never be good enough for Quinn. <laughs> and then he does basketball good. Which is concerning to Rachel because she is concerned when other people are confident. And then he has a bit of a dream sequence where he like walks down the hallway with Cheerios trailing behind him. Um, and then he walks into the Glee Club and then kind of does like the I'm gonna sing at you with Tina. And Kurt is very turned on. Oh god, Kurt is <laughs> ro rock hard. Um, but okay, you said the Cheerios are trailing behind him. Uh, they are real horned up for Finn in this number. They're doing yeah. some pelvic thrusts at the basketball game. It's because it's a dream sequence. I didn't realize that it was supposed to be a dream sequence. I thought it was all happening. I thought this was all in canon. I mean, maybe it, it could be. Maybe it's not as much of a dream sequence as this is the idealized way that Finn is viewing events. Mm -hmm. because when he walks down the hallway like the girls are like f literally fawning over him they circle him and caress him they're in formation before he walks into the choir room uh where he then doesn't so much dance and just kind of writhes in a way that they want us to believe is sexy yeah see cassidy the thing about about finn is that his one of his shticks is that he's not very physically coordinated at all, in case you couldn't tell by how he just fails at physical sports. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So it's it's been 
an ongoing thing since, like, no joke, the first episode of the first season. <laughs> yeah. Um, once the musical number is over, um, we get, like, a quick glance at, at Quinn, who is who looks concerned as Santana and Brittany, who were linking pinkies, go up to Finn and say, like, your dancing was really good. But my feet weren't really moving. That was the best part. <laughs> After commercial break, they say we're going to get a table for three at Breadsticks this Friday. Breadsticks! Hell yeah, knock off Olive Garden. So Finn breaks up with Rachel and she cries at him because she's the only person that, who accepts him for who he is, I guess? No, hold on. Can we, like, actually talk about this for a second? Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Uh, I mean, I don't have full notes of it, but I have, like, what, my, what the feelings the scene gave me were. Yeah, go for um, it. Which is just, like... If I'm remembering correctly, he's like, yeah, I just need to, like, I don't know if we can do this. I need to find myself, etc., etc. And then she proceeds to psychologically break this man down. <laughs> yeah. Even though he just said he needed to find himself. Like, that's incredible. Is this a swearing podcast? Yes. Yes. It's incredibly <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's. Is this abusive? I want to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Because there's a point at which she says, like, and I do have this written down word for word, I'm the only one who knows and accepts you for who you are, no matter what. And I'm like, that's, it's no good. No, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Rachel bad. (laughs) It sucks. And this episode, we hate Rachel. (laughs) This episode? Just this episode? (laughs) She had some good moments in the first 13. Should should I go back and check how many of those were the concept of Rachel was the worst part? I mean, if you want to, like, we definitely could. I don't know <laughs> if we have to stop the episode to do so, but I think we definitely could. Okay, let's... And I'm, I'll be curious how much that corresponds to who was writing the episode. Mm, that's true. Let's, no, let's, let's try and focus on the episode because we haven't even reached my yes. note that says, oh god, we're only 25 minutes into the episode. <laughs> oh, jeez. Are we at that point now, Tanner? No, we're not. <laughs> we're like a quarter way through oh my god this explains why it took so long for me to take notes today so okay uh finn finn is like i had to connect with my inner rock star before i settled down with one girl and then it cuts to the choir room where he's flirting with santana and Brittany, where he's saying well ham and pineapple is the best pizza because it's got ham and pineapple he's a heretic and no, oh no, I stand him. Uh, and you can, like, quietly, you can hear Santana be like, oh, wow. So the next, the next song, uh, which was designed to astral project me back to my teen years, is Gives You Hell by the All-American Rejects. And it was certainly yes. a choice to have uh, Broadway star Rachel Berry, played by Leah Michelle, be singing a scene teen song. Yeah. I don't like this cover. It's... I don't think her voice works well with the song. I think that's no. what it is. It's like a little bit too high register for me. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing, when it's put together like this, is like, oh, this is a kid's bop cover. <laughs> I, I, uh. like, I like concepts of it. Um, I like that it does have teen energy. Like, this is the most realistic number I could see them performing. Because, like, yeah, these are oh, teens yeah. singing All-American Rejects. Of course it is. Yeah, and it definitely yeah. has gotten the song stuck in my head all day today. <laughs> even though I l- watched this episode back on Thursday. Yeah. Um, I I feel like the most 
the truest that Glee's performance is to the actual song is the part at the end where it's everyone except for Finn just like singing and dancing and vibing and they're clapping their hands and it's everyone singing all the time in unison, which is how teens would actually be singing it. I I like that there's backing vocals because like even when I'm listening to the original and and uh what's his name from from the House Bunny lead singer, he says treats you well. I will also I will in the background go, treats you well yeah. like a backing vocalist. <laughs> yeah. Um Rachel also does yeet Artie across the room again and she needs to stop. Oh no, I didn't notice that happening. Mostly because I was trying to also take notes at the same time. Yeah, she's like, she's dancing with everyone and she grabs Artie's wheelchair and just shoves him. And he like, he has a moment of, Rachel's dancing with me. And, oh no, she's thrown me again. <laughs> and the whole time, Mr. Shu is very put out. Yes, he's like, this isn't the assignment. Sorry, Mr. Shu. I guess I was just focused on the first syllable. Yeah. Also, hey, remember vocal adrenaline? They'll be going up against the privileged misfits at regionals. And we must win or perish. <laughs> Vocal Adrenaline is the evil show choir. Yes. Mmm, okay. I, I think I pieced that one together. Yeah. What, you mean you, you couldn't tell by the number that we get later in the episode? <laughs> uh, it wasn't so much the number as, like, the theming surrounding the number. Yeah. Um, also, I do like that yeah, they do the focus up talk. That happens in sports movies. They do. Will's like, okay, everyone, we gotta be, we gotta be on our A game if we want to be vocal adrenaline regionals. If we want to actually be continuing as an extracurricular for the next year. I don't know what that voice just was. I mean, it's the part of the movie where the coach says that because they're so close to winning, and then all the kids are like disappointed because it's not about winning; it's about being out there and having fun. It's just getting too serious for them. I think you've seen a lot more sports movies than I have, so thank you for providing that insight. You're welcome. So, now, we get to Rachel going to the library to find music, and this is where she runs into beloved darling of stage and screen and Leah Michelle's personal gay best friend, Jonathan Groff, who is playing Jesse St. James. Oh, so it is a library, yes? Yes. See, I was okay. like- Okay. I, see, my notes here are, they start out with saying that the scene is in a library, but then I'm like, is this a music store? Is this a bookstore? Because what library would have a would have a piano in it when there is the threat of choir kids coming up and just starting to noodle on the piano and like sing Seasons of Love or something, <laughs> disturbing the library? Yeah. No, it's it's there so they can give back <laughs> to the community. <sighs> Um, but yeah, I want to I want to talk about the stuff that uh the bad boy of glee stuff talks about. I I also would like to and I have some very limited notes that I would like to share. So let's nice. talk through this scene. <laughs> My first note here is time for the honey trap. <laughs> My first note in here after oh, the bad boy of glee stuff is oh, they're in Ohio. <laughs> 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 uh do, does anyone have what the name of the the school he mentioned is? Because I only have the note that he said afterwards. <laughs> he he's got a full ride to the University of Los Angeles. It's in Los Angeles. University, University of, Los of Angeles, California, California in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, and maybe you've heard of it. It's in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, 
He looks like he looks like a fucking undercover cop. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Hello by Lionel Richie. Yes. Um, um so they sing in the library, uh, which they shouldn't do. No. Um also so during the song they pan over and they show someone playing they show people playing other instruments. Yeah. Um it's I just need to appeared. ask because like I haven't watched Glee up until this point. Mm-hmm. Uh is this a, is this a requirement of the kayfabe? Do they have to show where the music is coming from every time? No. No. No, okay. In fact, it's it's weirder when they do show it. Yeah. I mean, I I could get behind it if that was just like no, we have to keep this in universe. The kayfabe has to exist. But I, that okay, if it's not, then that's just extra. Hmm. 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 It's like I I'm fine if it's an in universe number where they're singing and like you, you, it's supposed to be a real life performance that's happening. And I'm fine when it's a number that's all in their head and everything is self-contained, but the weird mm-hmm. ones are when it's two people having a number, but like the people around them are possessed by the spirit or something or like someone yeah. just shows up with a violin for no reason or uh starting next episode when Mercedes gains the ability to just summon her gospel choir from the aether. <laughs> See, I love that kind of stuff, though. I, I would, yeah. I would. Like, that feels very like Muppets to me in a way, <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with that. Anyways, I I zoned out during "Hello" because it's a very slow song, and I'm not a personal fan of the song. And also, nothing can top the fact that the music video for "Hello" features Lionel Richie as an acting teacher who falls in love with a blind student. And then discovers that she has also fallen in love with him when she shows her the sculpture of his face that she has created. Huh. I can get I can get behind that, I think. <laughs> I think you're gonna have to send me this music video later, Tanner, so I can watch it. Okay. <laughs> my my I also kind of spaced out during Hello because it's just like in in comparison with with the song Hello by the Doors featured earlier in this episode, they're just, they're in one location and it's literally just a whole bunch of like orbital pans around them performing and making eye contact. And they sing the whole ass song. They sing the whole song. Yeah, I zoned out because I thought it was more like a Scooby-Doo chase sequence where I just don't need to take notes. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's valid. My, my last note for this scene is Jesse St. James only exists because Ryan Murphy had heard about Spring Awakening and wanted to take advantage of his and Leah's chemistry. Correct. Yeah. So let's go on a date. Let's go on a date with some bad customers. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of these two. Santana's a Karen. Well, wait. In this scene. In this season. Is Okay, I'm gonna bring back something from, like, the third episode. Is Finn getting cocked? Yes. Yeah. This this is what they call Finn Dom. <laughs> I I don't know what that means. Uh, well, it's short for financial I ne- dom. Oh, okay. Financial doming. Okay. It's where you just make someone pay for all of your stuff, <laughs> and they get horny about it. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, I I can summarize the scene very quickly. How long do we want to be on this date with them? 
Santana and Brittany send their meals back. Brittany claims there was a mouse in hers. Um, and then they talk about the hottest boys in school while Finn is sitting right there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, and then we get the gay sharks line. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plot of Shark Tale. Yeah. Santana says, here's how this is going to work. You buy us dinner and we make out in front of you. And Finn's just like, I'm gonna nope out of this conversation. Actually, they they even just tell him to go wait in the car. And then, yeah. Did you know dolphins are just gay sharks? And Santana just has no words. Much like me. Anyways, uh, Christina, you can take this next scene because it's another Wemma scene. Yeah. In this episode, Christina will be playing the part of the Wemma respecter. (laughs) I'm here too. I did. Do you do you also respect Wemma, which is Will and Emma Cassidy? Yeah, they seem like they're okay with each other. Okay, cool. I am like, glad. The stuff that I've seen makes them seem like they respect each other's sort of like lines and boundaries. Okay, good. So I, I guess it'll be you and I taking this scene. Then Tanner can go take a water break or something. <laughs> do you want to just go watch the entirety of Shark Tale? <laughs> Go watch the Shark Tale on on sixty times speed, and you can be done with this with it by the time the scene's over. <laughs> anyway, um, Will and Emma are having a date night in his apartment, and they get to have a cute little slow dance to the song "Hello" by Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. They do they do a kiss, and they fall on the couch, and they do a, they do more kiss. Mm-hmm. And then she draws a line, and Will's like, "Okay." I'll I'll grab a movie. And this man, okay, I wrote down this man really only owns two movies. This man doesn't own any movies. (laughs) (sighs) The, yeah. The, I want to kind of like touch on the whole going, going too fast thing because it's like, it's a, it's a nice scene because it's like, they are, you know, kissing. And then, when i guess maybe will was was moving to you know take it to the next step emma is like no like we need to stop and she's like i I haven't been intimate in a very long time and will says how long and she says ever and she says i haven't found the right person and i'm over here like mood Mm. i feel this is the first incident of christina feeling represented in this episode of glee oh yay that's nice and it's the only positive one and then they have to go watch armageddon or bad guys, because t- when Terry left, she took all of the movies except for those two. Which, which I want. <laughs> those are also still her movies. She comes back for them later. This man owns no movies. <laughs> See, I I think maybe she left Armageddon and bad guys as a subliminal message to Will, who was too dumb to pick up on it. <laughs> I, between those two movies, I would probably be more down to watch bad boys it's more of like a a comedy action movie if i'm if it's anything like bad boys too i don't know i haven't really watched the entirety of either of them also doesn't he have a tv yeah couldn't they put something on the like even just the basic network television (laughs) she took the cable in the divorce She called up Spectrum and said, Hello, I'd like to switch the account to just my name. Yeah. And move the address. Hold on, I need to look up something. Oh, uh, is it about Netflix? Because I feel like 2009 was before Netflix became a streaming service. 
Let's see here. Because that was the point where they were still doing DVD rentals, I think. Wow, it was established back in 1997. Um, let's see. 2005, they had acquired movie... Nope, okay. Um, with a streaming concept instead. A project that was completed in 2007. So, he could have... Well, he could have Netflix streaming, except for the fact that Will is, like... In canon, not especially well off financially because teacher pay sucks. Mm-hmm. I was also just like trying to think like are, maybe I mean I guess it's like something that you would have had to do beforehand, but no no Netflix DVDs. I guess not. Look, Will is not someone who has that much foresight. Yeah, he also doesn't seem like a person who cares for movies if he doesn't own any. You say that, but I know for a fact there are two separate episodes where Will says, I love movies so much! Are you hmm. serious? Yeah. Okay, I guess I guess we'll see that when we get there, huh? We're still, like, a season away. Okay. Well, maybe over the course of a season he gets really into movies. Maybe. And I just got him a series of Blockbuster gift cards. Blockbuster would have been dead. <laughs> This is where my note said, oh god, we're only 25 minutes in. So, uh, the next scene, Finn goes up to Rachel and he's like, hey, I attempted to date Santana and Brittany and be a thruple with them and they're terrible, so I like it better with you because I like you even though you're kind of obnoxious. That's that's the Cliff's notes. And she says, well, I'm glad you figured that out, but now I'm with Jessie and her love is powerful and pure and we respect each other and that's why we can have a tumultuous and dramatic Romeo and Juliet relationship. Yeah, see, my my note here is... It is so obviously a capital S scheme that even Finn can tell that it's a scheme. Yeah. Which is how, you know, the bar is extremely low and why it's just that much more stupid that Rachel doesn't realize that this is in fact a honey trap. And also, uh, when Rachel first says that she's found someone else, Finn says, do I know him? Is he bigger than me? That yeah. is that is statistically improbable. I, I do like Finn's reaction there. Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, in Rachel's defense, if you're going to look at, like, this, the situation at hand, it's over the course of a day, she got broken up with, had a very, like, emotional song about it, and then had a second emotional song about it. Yeah. I could see how she got swept up in it. That's fair. Yeah. And she is a teen. She lives she for the drama. Teen. Anyway, punishment time. Yeah. Finn... With Santana and Brittany. <laughs> Well, Finn snitches on the relationship with Will, and then we cut to punishment time. Punishment crunches. Yeah. Crunches are punishment. Yeah, so my question here is, so Finn tells Will, I get that. How do the cheerleaders find out? Because in this scene, they know. I, I feel like there's a line somewhere saying that Rachel told everyone like she was bragging about it. Oh, I I think maybe they maybe it came up around the not breadsticks date or the not date at breadsticks. But maybe. But she didn't say that to Finn until after that date. Oh, that's right. No, she no, she did. T oh, yeah, that d I don't know. Brittany or Santana pays attention and Brittany just kind of picks things up by osmosis. <laughs> I guess. Maybe one of those people at the library was just like a mole for them. Probably. Maybe they have maybe they have a subordinate. I mean, given Sue Sylvester, that's not out of the question. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so Sue basically encourages the two Cheerios to encourage Rachel to keep dating in order to tear the club apart. And then she declares herself engorged with venom and triumph. Time to go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. We're not already so, there. <laughs> I have a thing that I need to point out. Yeah. So this next musical number has a thing that I noticed. And it's that at the beginning, the guitar is only in the right channel of the audio. That's bizarre. That's it's so bizarre. Weird. Because that's the only part that is. The rest of the song like is in both sides. But the intro part of like those riffs are just only in the right channel. I think that's that way with the regular song, too, if I'm not mistaken. Huh. Like, there are some songs that are just like that. And I yeah. don't know why. And it's very disorienting when you're wearing headphones. Yeah. I did not notice that, so thank you for picking that up. It's that's... weird that it's like that in the episode. Like, I'd understand yeah. being like that in the official release, but in the episode two? Yeah, that's the part that really threw me off. It's like, I, I, yeah, sometimes songs just do that. But, like, why would you do that here? Maybe they just paid for the karaoke version. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. But maybe what they did was they, like, they filmed the episode first, and then they went and then they recorded the track. But then when they recorded the track for the album release, they did the separate channels thing, and then they forgot to fix it when they were redubbing it back into the episode. Maybe. Maybe. I also might be giving them more credit than they deserve for this, so. Uh, it's also about this point where my notes just sort of fall apart. <laughs> that's fair. That's okay. What do you got? Uh, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, I, I don't, that's the only thing I had for this scene. Okay. What's that part? Okay. Um, well, Adina Menzel is here. Yeah, um, the the Highway to Hell song is just like, it's fine. It's there's, good choreography. There's fire. Yeah, there's fire during like the rehearsal. Yeah. And then, hey, guess what? Adina Menzel is here. Her name is Shelby Corcoran, but I'm just going to refer to her as Adina Menzel. I might at some point call her Elsa. No guarantees. She's, she's, a, she's a mean coach. I want you to look so talented, it's hurting you. She's not a mean coach. She's like a stern coach. She's the coach that's only in it for winning. She's the bad guy in the sports movie. That's true. But she yeah. comes off a lot nicer than someone who coaches a show choir where allegedly they take human growth hormone. I can't believe their dancers get free hormones and I have to go to see a doctor about it. <laughs> well, that's your problem. You gotta join a show choir. Time travel back to 2009. Join... Joined vocal adrenaline, and then you have to survive the rehearsals to earn hormones, which isn't that much different than the current day American medical system. Yeah, that's basically what I'm having to do, only I don't get to sing about it. Will's like, hi, I'm your competition, and she's like, well, you're not really competition, though. <laughs> and he's like, I think, you're, I think that you're spying on us. And she's like, hmm, noted. Would you like to make out about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have I, I have a terrifying note about this scene. What's the terrifying note? This is like what would happen if Will and Sue fucked. <laughs> I don't want to go there. No, me either. So I said it mm, I said it I'm I don't done. think it's I don't think it's that either. As someone with only context of this episode, then this is different than that. <laughs> it was, yeah, the heart wants what the heart wants and it cuts to them making out at Will's house and then he calls it off and Shelby's like are you gay? because most of the show choirs I make out with are gay <sighs> so they they, they they stop and they have coffee and she's like I saw you 
eight episodes ago, and I thought you were cute, but I'm too committed to vocal adrenaline. And then she calls him out on, like, immediately boyfriending and having a mistress right after getting out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're a mess, but you're a cute mess. Here's my card. Yeah. It's- this is the second time in the episode in which an adult woman has had to tell Will, you need to get yourself figured out first before you consider dating other people. Yeah. Hey, Tanner, do we, do we, do we, do we like or dislike Adina Menzel, the person? Are you asking me if she's been cancelled at any point? Because I don't know. I don't know either. That was why I was asking. I think she's fine. I haven't heard anything about it. Okay. Adina Menzel doesn't show up, like, in tabloids or on Twitter or anything, so I truly don't know. No, I think we'd have to probably go into, like, Stan Twitter or something if we really wanted to dig up dirt, but I don't know. Email us with hot Adina Menzel takes. (laughs) I mean, also do it. Wouldn't they be more, like, cold takes? Oh! Eh? Eh? Wink. Wonk. (laughs) Next scene, it's an intervention. Yeah. Rachel comes into the Glee Club and Kurt says, Cut the butter, Benedict Arnold. We know about your new boyfriend. (laughs) Which is a delight. The whole scene is pretty much just, Stop dating Jesse because he's from Vocal Adrenaline, which is the competition. And even if he isn't spying on us for Vocal Adrenaline, they're... Vocal Adrenaline's motto was apparently murder or be murdered. And if you don't break up with him, then we're all quitting Glee Club. And even if you get the chance at true love, it's it. we don't care. They basically threatened to go on strike. Yeah. Mm. Unionize the Glee Club. Yes. Power of collective bargaining. I support that. All unions are good. Support unions. Yes. Um, before, before we leave the, the, the glee, the, the glee intervention, or the glintervention, <laughs> if you will. Mm, I will. I'll allow it. Go ahead. Um, something that I'm not sure whether or not to allow. Kurt is wearing an entire turtleneck as a scarf? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see that. I had to pause it, but it's like, Kurt is wearing, like, I think it was like a, like a long sleeve white dress shirt. But then what he did is he took a turtleneck and he pulled it over his head. And so the turtleneck part was around his neck. And then you can just kind of see, like, he just kind of bunched it up real weird. So the sleeves are over his shoulders. But it's definitely an entire turtleneck as a scarf. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's like a, it's just like the escalation of having the sweater tied around your neck. It's it's somewhere between that and, like, the Japanese delinquents who wear the leather jackets, but just over the shoulders. <laughs> yeah. I had to mention that, because that was, like, that was the second most shook that I was in this entire episode. <laughs> Alright, so, so next, Sue finds Rachel and basically tosses her into a ring of... Okay, so Sue had the Cheerios. <laughs> Their scheme is they found the least... Uh, traditionally attractive girls in the high school and yes it's just a bunch of people in unfortunate outfits paid the implication i got was that they weren't even telling real stories they paid were paid to tell rachel stories about how they had to give up on love and now they regret it like i mean lauren zeises talks about how she fell in love with a rival wrestler 
and the team told her that she had to break it off, and so she ended up rupturing his scrotum. See, I think she, I think that Lauren Zeises could do that. I think she is capable of doing that, and I really am looking forward to when she gets better. Yes. But yeah, it's the the entire thing is pretty much just because Santana and Brittany told the entire Glee club, and so now Sue is like, I'm going to reinforce this by telling Rachel that she's going to be alone forever if she doesn't date Jesse St. James. Okay, qu- like serious question for both of you. Are you are you okay with me talking about like some medical stuff real quick? Sure. It it is something that like it's not explicit. It's something that I am comfortable with having in the episode. I just wanted to check with you two about whether or not it's okay for me to talk about that real quick. Yeah, I think I'm fine with it. Okay. So, here is the other time in which I was represented in this episode and also actually like vitriolly attacked because Sue tells Santana and Brittany to round up. This is, this is the exact words, a bunch of mustache sporting teenage girls with glandular conditions. And hi, this is the first time I've ever actually said this on the podcast before, but I have PCOS (laughs) polycystic ovarian syndrome for those of you who have not encountered it before and i also have something along the lines of hyperandrogen or something which means that i am a girl with technically at this point formerly a mustache and an actual glandular condition this fucking sucks yeah like i i resemble this i resemble this comment that they made as like a haha funny joke and it fucking sucks I was actually like I was bullied in middle school because I had a glandular because I had a literal glandular condition and also crap ovaries that I had no control over that literally I was not able to find diagnosis for until at this point like let's just call it 2 years ago but like it fucking sucks this is like it's just I uh, I am incensed if you were to take my blood pressure right now it would probably be super fucking high because this sucks and like especially like when you're in high school like like first off there's nothing wrong with having dark upper lip hair and there's nothing wrong with having pcos or other glandular conditions and it like (sighs) like at this point sue being so terrible to people for their sexuality, for their gender identity, for their gender presentation. Like, all of those are things that have been, like, that that have happened enough in Glee that I knew to expect coming in for Glee. I did not expect to have my actual, like, identity as a person with a verified medical issue be made a joke of. And I realized that this is, you know, and. This is this is very much so like now it's actually personal for me which kind of sucks. <laughs> but it's it, the this this episode sucked and I'm ready to tr- to time travel back in time and punch whoever it was that thought of this line. Yeah, no, you're 100% justified in being pissed at that kind of stuff. Like and like anytime Glee pulls shit like this, I hate it because it advertises itself as like quote unquote the woke show and but you get jokes like this that are at other people's expense, people with real issues, and no one yeah. gets called out for it. And like you, they expect people to just let it slide because it's Sue and Sue's shitty, except they then every once in a while they're like, but what if Sue wasn't shitty? She's actually a good person. And and she never gets called out for it. That's the thing. Like, it really is just ha-ha funny joke. Yeah. It, it sucks. And 
Having having expressed that, having vented into it, and now I'm concerned of what my my waveforms are going to look like. I am okay with leaving this scene. I think I think your waveforms are better than me when I was ripping the part. Imagine so. I mean, who knows? Anyway, do either of you have anything to say about this besides, hey, there were some racist and some really shitty jokes in this in this one particular scene? Uh, I will say that, like as a whole, so far in my experience with just this one episode, Glee seems to be a show that likes to punch down yeah you're not wrong cassidy they think they can get away with it they think it counts as (sighs) self-deprecating time for will to be a man who owns no movies (laughs) yeah i don't know what any of my notes are for anymore all i know (laughs) is like i have the note the joke about like oh their dancers get free hormones and then my other notes are this fucking sucks yeah i don't think i could handle this show and then like this is how the episode ends. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. So Terry yeah. shows back at uh, Will's old house, and Emma has snuck in to do a surprise dinner. And Terry nags her because she's come back for the yeah. rest of the DVDs. And then she yeah. tells her that Hello Again was the song Will and Terry danced to at prom. Mm-hmm. Which sends Emma into a spiral. Mm-hmm. She, she then... also nudges... Uh, a spoon out of position, which does contribute. Yeah. And as someone who, I'm not going to say I'm obsessive compulsive, but I'm going to say that if someone diagnosed me with obsessive compulsive stuff, I wouldn't be shocked. Because if someone did that to me, I would also start to spiral a little bit. Yeah. It's it's also that that Terry explicitly calls Emma crazy, which is like absolutely not the right term to use for this. Yeah. It's it's not it's definitely not a slur, but it's also definitely the inappropriate word to use for this. It's very much something that it's like you only use it if the person has given you the go ahead. Because like Emma refers to herself yeah. as crazy, and I'm a little bit more comfortable with that just because she's referring to herself. Um. Yeah. It's the this whole scene sucks, and I I think I could get behind Terry as like if she was actually a villain in glee like if she were to if she were to pair the role with sue i think i could get behind that from a narrative standpoint but also i don't like terry <laughs> yeah i mean that is the correct response yeah anyways rachel uh goes to carmel to visit jesse and she gets completely vaporized by industrial strength spotlight <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah this this thing is 125,000 watts and Rachel walks onto the stage and she looks like a scared little deer. <laughs> oh, Jesse mentions that they have to wear uh, sunscreen when they when they perform under it. Which might also just be tanning lotion. Like, get the sunscreen with the tanning solution in mm-hmm. it. Uh, Rachel says that they have to date in secret and that if he breaks her heart, then she will be uh, destroyed by heartbreak. If, if, like- you, if, if you break my heart, I'll pull a spring awakening on you. She says that she'll be just like Barbara in The Way We Were. I don't understand that reference. Me neither. Neither do I. <laughs> Congrats. No one. The only. Okay, so maybe what happened here is that Ryan Murphy was like, I need a reference for Rachel to make. And then he Googled what movies Barbara Streisand has been in. And then he said, I'm just going to have a reference this one. Imagine if it was like, if you break my heart, I'll be just like Barbara and death becomes her. Wait, no, I she wasn't in that. that. I was going to say, I haven't seen that movie, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't Barbara Streisand. That wasn't. That was Meryl Streep. I'm a bad gay. I confuse Barbara Streisand and Meryl Streep. Anyways, they make out and Shelby watches menacingly from the, the the wings. 
and she locks eyes with Jesse, and he makes out with Rachel Harder. But, like, also has his eyes wide open and staring <laughs> off yeah. into the distance. Which is honestly pretty impressive. I love I love a honey trap plot. <laughs> One time I was making out with a guy, and we were like, is it really that weird if some people kiss with their eyes open? And we tried it, and we were like, yeah. Yeah. It's weird and also impressive, I think. <laughs> yeah. Also, the scene is going to have a whole lot of different implications in about, uh, sev- not seven, in about four episodes. In, like, one episode. Is it, the n- no, it's, is it two episodes from now? I can't remember. The next, the next one's Madonna. I can't remember which one is revealed that, spoiler alert, but Shelby's also Rachel's mom. Entirely because of the casting gag. Huh. Anyway, let's, let's freaking bring this in, y'all. Okay, Emma tells Will... About the song, she pulls the yearbook out, and she's like, I caught you, so I'm not breaking up with you, but I am breaking up with you until you figure out who you are as a, as a man. Figure out your manhood. Yes. Please, please figure out who you are as a person. And then she says something really good here, which is, we should not repeat the same patterns of relationships that you went through with Terry. So, like, go get to know yourself. And my note here is, this is at least the fourth time this has been said in the episode. Do you get the theme yet? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, hello yeah um and then emma says i'll like essentially like hey like once you get yourself figured out like i i'll be waiting for you and maybe by that point i'll be better at physical intimacy and then she also says please get the hell out of my office i need to cry yep mm-hmm. i need to cry in this room that is entirely windows it's fine and then Rachel tells Finn that she ended things with Jesse, and then Finn's like, cool, can we date now? Because I circled some numbers on the creepy cat calendar, and then she turns them down yeah. because the team can't have any drama right now, and they need to focus on regionals. And then Finn- And I'm like, you already have enough drama, it's glee. This is true. And then Finn's like, don't worry, I'm not going to give up that easily. And it manages to not come off creepy, at least. As far as I'm concerned, Finn was like, hey- Hey, don't worry about it. We're we're probably going to get together anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely could see. I think if this had been played less subtly by Corey Monteith, it would have come across as creepy. But this time he was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to like, I'm just going to work on myself. And then when you realize that you're basically dating yourself, I'll be here. <laughs> yeah. And then she's conflicted at all. And also her hair looked really limp in this scene. It reflected her emotions. I guess. <laughs> anyway, time for musical number. Hello, goodbye. You get it because it's the end of the show. Because it's hello and it's goodbye. Yeah, it's it's fine. They do, like, they're all in, like, black and white ensembles. The girls are in dresses and the guys are in suits. And they do a lot of dancing around each other. Emma's watching from a balcony and she's conflicted and Will is conflicted. And Rachel's got a sad face the entire time. Yeah. Um, I, there was a cute moment in this one because Artie and Santana were paired up to do like the dancing thing. And then Quinn and Kurt were paired up, which is cute because you can tell that it's like both in character and out of character. These are be- these are friends. And then F- Finn touches Rachel, so she has to run away. <laughs> yeah. In the full version, they do get to the Hela Hela Lola part, but that is not yeah. in the episode. Yeah, the, the full version is great. Uh, and this cover managed to trump my previous Hello Goodbye cover, which was by the Looney Tunes. Hmm. I had a whole, I had a whole tape cassette 
of Looney Tunes Sing the Beatles? Huh. Huh. Elmer Fun a Fudd sang the Da Foo on the Hill. Fascinating. I think I actually know that song. Anyways, that's it. Yeah, thank God this episode's finally over. Glee's over. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, goodbye. Yes. <laughs> uh, but this podcast is not quite over <sighs> because we have to first declare uh, Cassidy, what song, what musical number do you want to give a gold star to? Um, I'll give it to the first one. I think Finn did a good job with that song in particular. Um, like it, it, it felt like, yes, this is a teen in his emotions. And he's just going to put on uh, the alt-rock station that is in his local area and just sing. See, I have a soft spot for Gives You Hell. But yeah, I think I'm also going to go with Hello, I Love You. Yeah. And it's gonna be uh that's also gonna be the same one for me, so hello, I love you gets three gold stars. Hooray. Hooray Um Hooray. And then other than a musical number, Cassidy, what moment would you give a gold star to? Oh, that's a very hard question that you've asked of me. <laughs> this is true. Um What sparked the most joy in this episode for you? Oh gee. It could even be something like acting, as opposed to things that actually happened. I don't know. I liked the part where he said, maybe you've heard of it, it's in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's uh, valid. But also, I do... I think, now that I've talked about it, I I really like the idea of Will not owning movies. <laughs> <laughs> Just being like a really silly thing. Uh, I'll give it to the Los Angeles line, though. All right. Okay. Christina, how Tanner. about you? Oh, I was going to say, Tanner, did you want to do yours first, or you want me to do mine You first? can do your first. Okay. I think I, I think for this one, I think my best has to be um, Emma's emotional maturity and realizing that probably all of us need therapy, but also, like, you should definitely not be dating people right now. You should you should figure out who you are as a person. Be independent first. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's a good so that's pick. Me. That's a good pick. What about you, Tanner? Uh, mine is the, how Curry answers the phone with, no, she's dead. This is her son. <laughs> That's also a very good one. Um, and now, Cassidy, this might also be a hard question, because what moment do you want to hit it with a slushy? Or, I guess, with a, a cleaning detergent? <laughs> no, this is not a hard question. This is the easiest question you've asked me so far, Tanner. It's the ponytail cutting scene. It's the hair cutting scene. I, get that out of here, please. Mine is also ponytail cutting with a side of slur. Yeah. Guess what mine is? <laughs> is it the other bad suit scene? I mean, there's lots of bad suit scenes in this episode. But this is true. <laughs> it's the, it, it is, and my worst is, in fact, the one where Sue makes light out of people with PCOS and glandular conditions, because that fucking sucked. <laughs> and when we do episode rankings at the end of the season, if we do those... <laughs> I think I have a contender for now the worst one. The, you know, this has potential. Because it was hard to find the good stuff, but it was easy to find the bad stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's Glee. See, that's why I said that's why I said asking the worst might be a hard question, because I was thinking there were more contenders than there were. Yeah. It's because there were lots of... There were several very bad things, and there were some other not so... There were some other things that were still bad, they just weren't as egregious. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah. So. Jiminy Christmas, that's it. Yeah. Hey, Cassidy. Uh-huh. <laughs> sorry to bring you on to this. Yeah. If. It's sorry. If, <laughs> if you ever are willing to give Glee a second chance, we will very happily help you pick an episode that is not this terrible. You you deserve a makeup episode if you want one. So here are my thoughts on about this show. Um, <laughs> yeah, shoot. I don't. I was like, but when I, when I was getting ready to watch, it, I'm like, do I need to watch the episodes? Right now, I'll just go in it with just this one, and I'll see if I feel like watching the rest of them afterwards. Um, and I really don't think Glee is a show that I can watch. Um, m- almost entirely because of the speed at which it moves. Um, I have become accustomed to like the CW style storytelling these days of like, you know, the stuff that happens in this episode would have taken like three to four episodes on a CW show. Yeah. Um, like the character arcs there. And not only that, it would have had like some weird stuff with like ghosts or something. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I just like, I don't think I can handle the breakneck pace of it. That said, like if you if y'all want me back on at any point, I'll come back on. I mean, I think I think Glee is a show that I would watch only just to be on this podcast, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is close to a common answer so far. Yes, that is, that is high praise, and we appreciate it. Um, <sighs> we're terrible at ending things when we have guests because we usually just steamroll through our ending spiel, and we don't actually know at which point to, yeah. to say the guest stuff. So, hey, Cassidy. Where would you like to be found on the internet? What do you want to promote? A uh, shout out. Okay, you have to give me like five minutes here, all right? Okay. That's okay. Go for it. You can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. I have to say it slowly because this is a podcast I'm not normally on. <laughs> um, I also do several other podcasts. I do Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. Uh, I also do Precure Podcast Engage, a podcast about the entire Pretty Cure franchise and also Ben 10. Um, <laughs> and I do RNGG, a randomly generated game design podcast where we take a randomly generated game idea and pitch it after over the course of 45 minutes. Um, I also stream sometimes and like make video games, but those can be found through my Twitter probably. Oh, oh, one more thing I do want to plug. Um, is that I'm a guest on Apex City, which is an actual play podcast that uses the mass role playing system. Nice. Um, Apex City at Apex City Cast on Twitter. They're doing a year long event called Hindsight because Hindsight 2020. Hey. Um, I am a member of the Silver <laughs> Age group, and that episode will probably be out by the time this is out. The, the last episode of Silver Age, that is. This comes out yeah, in like cause... two months. So, oh, then uh, yes, it'll definitely have been out. This this one is supposed to come out at the end of September. Okay, yeah, it would have came out at the end of August. So okay. go back, listen to that, listen to the rest of Hindsight, listen to the rest of Apex City. It's all pretty good. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go check that out. I've been wanting to start it for a while, and this is a good reason. Yes, it's very good. That is all of my plugs, I promise. Hey, before before I do the in, before I do the outro, um since this is going to be airing in late September, I would like to particularly beg anyone listening in the United States, um, please, 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 for the love of God, make sure that you vote in the elections. Depending on where you live, you may be able to do 
vote by mail. If you do vote by mail or like absentee ballot voting, do your best to get it to like to deliver it to your voting plate to like the voting commission or whatever in your area. Um, unless by the time that this comes out at the end of September, um, the USPS has gotten unfucked. <laughs> um, but please, please, please vote in the election. If you are ambivalent about the presidential race, ask yourself which candidate is going to be the lesser of two evils, and then make sure that you vote in the down-ballot elections for your state and your local representatives, because all of those are extremely important, and I am done with my soapbox. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we're not there, let us know and we will work on getting there. We can also be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through Loser Like Me Pod at gmail.com. Uh, and we already kind of uh, said the, we already kind of said it earlier, but also like, hey, please also make sure that you're wearing your, uh, that you're wearing your masks. If you're going to be in public or around people that you don't live with, or if you're going to be in an enclosed space and wash your hands, be kind to one another, support bail funds. Um, and listen, listen to people who are not white. <laughs> yeah. Stop listening to us. What the fuck do we know? <laughs> I guess that's it. Do we have any emails that we need to address? I don't think so. I don't think we've gotten I'm inclined any to say mail. Probably not. I haven't, I haven't even looked at the email in an extremely long time. Anyway. Anyway, what, so what, next, go for it. next week, we'll be having another guest. Also, next week will be fun because we'll finally be like synced up to time wise. It'll be like. Not two months ahead of when the episode airs. Oh, really? I think. Okay. I think. But yeah, next week we only have four minutes to save the world. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing a shoulder shimmy. (laughs) All right. And Cassidy, the way we end this show is that we all together, we say, and that's what you missed on Glee. So after three, one, two, three, and, and that's, that's what, what you miss on Glee. Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to loser like me. Loser like me Loser like me Alright, so uh, Before the technical difficulties They got slushied with Lysol toilet bowl cleaner Yes That's what it is (laughs) My note here was literally Wait for it, they're gonna get slushied And then the next line was just Oh What the fuck is happening outside? I think there's someone who's insecure in their masculinity outside my window on a motorcycle. Oh, dang. Please forgive me. Feel free to stop recording whenever I gotta actually get to my thing. Holy fuck, an hour and 50 of audio.